0: Hey friend, thanks so much for stopping by for some community time around the fire pit. I've got some Tennessee white oak going. I'm gonna run inside and get us both a cup of joe. Well, you're listening to Quad Dot Rocks, God of the World and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you've got it: advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Hey, hey, hey! This is season 11, episode 231. Title. The Center of It All, subtitle, Empowering Encouragement Now, number 33, Human Life the Way God Sees It. In Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 4, when God revealed himself to Moses through the miracle of the burning bush, it says, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, he answered. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt, and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings, and I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians, and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land a land flowing with milk and honey. As we focus our attention on God, the one who sees our life's miseries, sufferings, and oppressions, we can find great peace in knowing that He is the great physician, and He knows all about us. Medicine appears to be advancing at breakneck speed, yet there's still so much we don't even begin to understand about the human body. As you look at a loved one being ravaged by cancer, they're in that contained space of the human body is a consuming cellular army devouring whatever tissue is in its way. To think that just on the other side of the skin is a disease run amuck, right there in that compact space we call the human body. Most cancer treatments are a dance between the cancer medicine trying to kill the cancer while it slowly kills the person it's designed to save. But when Jesus Christ, the good doctor, is on the case, He knows all, and the pressure on us to try and figure it all out diminishes. I finally had a physician admit to me in front of the patient I was visiting that doctors want to make us think that with all the scanning, imaging, and radiography technology that they can see inside the human body. He said the truth is, sometimes they just have to open up the patient's body and look inside with their eyes. As humans, we want to know what is wrong with us when we become ill, But to go onto the internet and spend excessive amounts of time trying to figure it all out, like someone preparing for a medical exam, robs us of our peace. Much peace is gained when we stop prying, peeping, and suspecting. What we don't know now, we shall know fully in heaven. And meanwhile, Jesus, the beloved physician, knows our souls in adversities. Why need we as patients analyze all the medicine or estimate all the symptoms? This is the physician's work, not ours. It is my business to trust and his to prescribe. If he writes this prescription in an illegible script, which we can't read, we will not be uneasy on that account, but rely upon his unfailing skill to make all plain in the result, however mysterious things may be in the working. We can also find great peace in knowing that he is the master and his knowledge is to serve us instead of our own knowledge. We are to obey, not to judge. The servant knows not what their Lord does. Shall the architect explain his plans to every common laborer who works on the project? If he knows his own intent, is it not enough? The lump of wet clay on the potter's wheel cannot guess to what pattern it shall be conformed. But if the potter understands their art, as the Apostle Paul says, Who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Will what is formed say to the one who formed it? Why did you make me like this? That's found in Romans chapter 9, verse 20. It is time for us as humans to stop cross-examining our Creator, Lord, and Master, and trust in His omniscience and His omnipotence that is at work on our behalf. Because of the atrocities that occurred at the hands of some wicked slave owners in this country's past in the days of slavery, we've jettisoned the concept of slave and master as a totally wicked thing. The repulsion of the concept has even reached household architecture, where now it is a gross cultural violation to refer to the master bedroom. Now, in order to be politically correct, you must refer to it as the primary bedroom. My friends, whether we like it or not, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords eternally. If we are to be saved eternally from eternal destruction and hellfire, We must bow our hearts in submission to Him as Lord and Master. In light of what humans do to themselves when left to their own mastery, it is the win and deal of a lifetime to fall under the control of Master Jesus. Look around at what rich people do who have no need for Master Jesus. They succumb to every form of destruction and failure. Riches do not buy you success, good health, eternal youth, happiness, love, or peace. Recently in the news, country music star Naomi Judd shot herself to death the day before she was to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, almost as if to rob her daughter Winona the joy of this huge musical honor. She left her $20 million to her husband and totally bypassed her two daughters in her will, one of which was the other half of the successful mother-daughter duo. Winona was the lead vocalist who helped make all the millions possible. Severe mental illness in spite of all the musical success, fame, and fortune. A sad life in spite of all the components the world says makes you happy. The Beatles were right when they wrote and sang the song, Money Can't Buy Me Love. Thank God that our Lord and Savior is a loving master who affords us a real life of personal identity, success, protection from ourselves, and eternal peace, love, and happiness. Our children are being conditioned through the culture to reject the concept of submission to ultimate authority like Jesus. You can just hear the Disney-esque bravado that rings through all the songs that I can do it all, I can have it all, I am the master of my own destiny, the universe will bow to me. And what does it do? It creates a wall of resistance to Jesus as master. Bob Dylan had it right in his song on the 1979 album Slow Train Coming. And I've referenced this before, but it's a profound song. I would encourage you to click on the show notes and read the lyrics for yourself because of copyright infringement. I can't do that here. But the title of the song that he wrote in 1979 is Gotta Serve Somebody. And my friend, that is the way that we are designed and created by our Creator God. We are created for service and service to our Master and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. In concert with the position of Jesus as master, we can find real advancement in the equilibrium of our lives by knowing he is the head. You and I are not the head. Your boss is not the head. Your pastor is not the head. The president of the United States is not the head. Jesus is the head of all things, especially his church. All understanding centers there. The Bible refers to all Christians, those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as the body of Christ. Using that analogy, I ask you, what judgment has the arm? What comprehension has the foot? All the power to know lies in the head. Why should each member of the body of Christ have a brain of its own when the head fulfills for it every intellectual office? Here then, we as believers rest our comfort in sickness, not that we ourselves can see the end, but that Jesus knows all. Sweet Lord Jesus, may you be forever eye and soul and head for us, and let us be content to know only what you choose to reveal. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.